All right, welcome to the Manhood Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Jonathan. And we're in episode two of our podcast, so we've got one down. If you are uh, listening to us here in episode two, thanks for listening to episode one. That's my assumption. We're talking about pursue righteousness today, and it's a, it does not sound intriguing if you ask me. You don't think so? I don't think it does. There's something about the word righteousness that I think is like... <laughs> Old okay, school, yeah. Yeah, skip, next one. Let's do the next one. But, Makes sense. But we're um, starting with this this observation, John, that we've made, uh, and really it's kind of shown up in several different conversations we've had, and whether it's episode prep or, or, or really just um, meaningful uh, man talk. Being a man, it, here's our observation. Being a man is a challenge, especially... Well, let's start with this. Do we even know what manhood is, mm. right? And it's helpful to view manhood as the culture defines it um, unless you know how the Bible defines it, right? Totally. So uh, it's probably helpful to have two working definitions. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're going to have to. Right, because they, they don't really they are align. Not, they're not synced up. No. It's bad. So... You know, and when you're defining manhood, you're asking questions like, is this supposed to be culturally relevant mm. or is this transcending all cultures for all times and eras? We'll notice that manhood can be defined subjectively, but should it be defined objectively? Mm -hmm. Is manhood the topic and definition muddy or should it be clear? Is it biblically clear? But the reason why it's muddy is because it's culturally controversial. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so we're we're um, so that's our our podcast is maturing in manhood, wisdom for modern dudes, dads, and disciples. We have an email address manhoodpodcast at gmail. You can feed back if you'd like. Um, John, will we return emails when we get them? Uh, I can't. True or I, false? True or false? We will never reply to any. Yeah, email. I was just gonna say I cannot guarantee that. You know, if it's anything like salted. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you know what? That doesn't stop us from saying keep them coming. <laughs> keep them coming. So what does maturing in manhood, what does the title of this podcast mean and why are we doing it, right? What is the purpose of this podcast? We don't want to waste anyone's time. We don't want to waste our time. But really what we're hoping to do, and we're kind of convinced this is important, is to offer wisdom for modern dudes, dads, or just disciples mm -hmm. in general. And we feel like there's this inspiration that comes from Paul the Apostle. He's writing to young Titus, who's a church leader, and he writes to him, and he says, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. Mm -hmm. Interesting that Paul prioritized that. He didn't let Titus figure that out on his own. He was like, here's something to focus on, Titus. Yeah, Make sure you're encouraging the young men to live wisely. And it took me a while to be convinced, John, that that because there's so many voices that are kind of fe feeding our ears, it's hard for me to want to be just another one of the gazillions of voices. But I do think that what we're doing here, what I'm hoping, and I'm kind of convinced of it, is that trusted voices are needed to build brotherhood among local mm -hmm. church family. Mm -hmm. And we have a local church family. We have a brotherhood in the local church totally. family. And hopefully your voice is trusted and hopefully my voice is trusted. And that is what's going to separate our our podcast mm -hmm. from really the uh, over-the-top um, world-class podcast mm -hmm. that you have that, that men have access to yeah I think it's just helpful to hear from your peers too isn't sure it? yeah I mean you can hear from professionals all day long um, 
who sound really professional, but you have no idea what's happening in their lives, right? Behind closed doors. Um, totally. So, uh, yeah, I think knowing kind of kind of what you're listening to, who it's coming from, what their lives look like. Um, you and I try to live our lives uh, as an open book as best we can. And um, so, yeah, I think it's helpful. Yeah, I sure hope it is. And again, if it's not helpful to you, you can email us and expect that, A, we may never read it, and B, we definitely won't reply. Yeah, 100%. I bet you there's one day we will, but it's hard to... <laughs> Although surprises, surprises. <laughs> We're on episode two. It's called Pursue Righteousness. And uh, John, why didn't we pick something more attractive, more uh, flashy, and yeah. more clickbaity? Why not? Yeah. Uh, probably the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> That's of course. Probably driving today's conversation. <laughs> um, so when, like, like you mentioned before, that word righteousness. You know, we don't we don't wouldn't probably necessarily pick that word on our own, but it's a clear uh, directive in Scripture. Paul mentions it uh, as he's talking to Timothy in this wonderful list of characteristics that he gives Timothy. And he says, listen, this is these are the things that you should be pursuing. But I want to give a little context to that, too. First uh, Timothy uh, six that's where we'll kind of draw this from. But just before we get to that verse where he, this is, that would be verse 11, where he really sort of lists out these six characteristics. He talks about the love of money and pursuing money. And I think it's really helpful here. So, so let's look at this in context. So this is first Timothy six, nine and 10. It says, uh, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and they're trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And then this famous verse for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. We can find these people, can't we, on social media and really our coworkers, classmates, teammates, neighbors. Yeah. They pierce themselves trying to get rich. My goodness. What an interesting word picture there. If you're chasing after money, there's a good chance you're going to pierce yourself with sorrow. And then he offers like the, the antidote to that, to, to Timothy. Yeah. He says, there's some, there's another way. There's another, there's, there's an antidote to a life pierced with sorrows. And he says in verse 11, but you, Timothy, you're a man of God. So run from all these evil things. And here's what I want you to pursue. And he means the love of money. Yes. Yeah. Run from um, run from building your life around the pursuit of more material wealth. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's not just the love of money, right? But the love of what the money exactly. can bring exactly. you, right? Yep. Whether it's the house or the vehicle or the vacations mm-hmm. or, you know, that endless cycle of things that we're Luxury. so so prone to yeah. chase, right? Uh, so, so run away from these evil things. Instead, pursue righteousness. Okay. There's our word for today that we're going to look at. And a godly life. Okay, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Okay, so those are the six. Those are the six virtues, the six characteristics, and and okay, these are timeless, right? These are globally universal: righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. So, for context, Paul is talking to a male church leader, and he's saying that you should encourage young men. Right? He's telling Titus this. He told Titus, Timothy basically the same thing. And he's saying, and give these young men, encourage them with wisdom. Yeah. 
And, and part of the wisdom he says here is there are six virtues that you should be in pursuit of. That's right. Yeah. And the, and this one here is righteousness, yep. which means what? Okay. Let's, let's get a little working definition of this, right? I think it's helpful to think of it as things like rightness or right standing. Okay. Uprightness, maybe like a high moral standing. And I think what's interesting here is this is okay. The world's religions don't agree on a lot. Yeah. But one of the things that they do agree on is that righteousness or rightness or right standing Mm -hmm. is something you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's very necessary, whether you're pursuing, you know, a God or an an enlightenment or whether it's, you know, the, 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 the Hindu faith or the Muslim faith or the Christian faith, we're all in pursuit of righteousness. We really agree on that. Yeah. So you start no matter what as a in the human condition, you start in whatever entity, whatever being or whatever supreme power that you're serving in your religion, you're not in right relationship with it. Even if it's knowledge, right? If you're a um you're a gnostic, you're trying to ascend with knowledge, right? That's right. So so no matter what, most religions agree that we start really estranged from the higher being. That's right. Okay. That's right. Now here's where we diverge in Christianity really breaks off from the pack and it's in terms of how do we get it? Right. Right. How do we achieve it? Is there a, is there a pathway, right? How do we even know that we're, we're righteous? I feel like sometimes in, in, in those other faiths, right? You're not even really sure. Yeah. Like you're working your tail off to accomplish whatever, you know, the, the list of rules and regulations and things that you need to do to accomplish righteousness but you're never quite certain that you have it yeah. because it's, it's essentially based on you and what you're doing. And Which achieving. explains why fear drives a lot of that behavior. Yes. Because you're afraid of the consequences oh, totally. or you're afraid that you're still not right with that higher being or power or whatever that cosmic judge is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good, I think that's a good starting point as a question for us, Dan. What is the pathway yeah, how if it's do, so important to have it's one of these characteristics and it's the antidote to a life pierced by sorrow right right totally exactly and so there is a way this is what we're so thrilled about in the christian faith there is a way to know how how we are righteous mm-hmm. right of course we recognize that the scripture starts with there isn't one righteous no mm. not one single one yep. of the human race is righteous to begin with so when we're pursuing righteousness and as dudes who are trying to disciple other dudes or dads are trying to disciple our kids, then we have a, we have a life altering question to ask. And that is how do we know we're righteous? Mm-hmm. How do we know we have right standing with God? Yes. Right. And then that's when we get into pursuing righteousness and Philippians, Paul answers this really He's writing to the church at Philippi. And he says, yes, everything else is worthless compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. So he's saying in contrast to the love of money and pursuing all the stuff and all the stuff that comes with wealth in contrast to, to that, everything, all of that is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. Mm-hmm. And for this sake, for his sake, I have discarded everything else. And obviously, I'm not sure if Paul here is saying that literally he's discarded everything else. I think in some ways he has, right? Mm -hmm. But essentially what he's saying is he's counting all that other stuff as garbage in comparison to knowing Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? I no longer count on my own righteousness, 
through obeying the law. He was a well-known Pharisee. He he had grown up as kind of a Judaizer. So his religion was perform for acceptance from God, Mm -hmm. right? That was the law. So he's following the law. And now he says, I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. I've changed. I'm no longer religious. Mm. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Jesus. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. God's way of making us right with himself depends on our faith. So right standing with God literally is directly connected to belonging to Jesus. In other words, you have right standing with God because and only if you belong to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, why do you think folks like the Pharisees really hated that? They hated that whole concept and idea. Oh, it's just faith. It's not all the things that you do and that I'm doing and that I'm displaying. Yeah. You can all see how righteous I am, right? It's measurable. Why wouldn't they want that easier path as well? Yes. Well, I would say it's because the their identity was wrapped up in how much they had already achieved and how much That's they right. had already performed. Mm-hmm. So when you say now anybody can be right with God simply by having faith, then you're you're literally have to throw away the system that earned them a status. Yeah. So all their identity, if you were on the top of the heap and then somebody says, "Hey, guess what? We're all on the same level mm-hmm. playing field with God through faith in Jesus." Mm-hmm. They're like, "I don't care about I don't I, I don't really I don't want to promote the bottom mm-hmm. and demote the top because I'm on the top. It's or re- I've worked so long to get here. Yeah. It's really what makes Christianity so revolutionary. Yeah. Isn't it? Totally. That is the concept. Yep. Instead of it be just being stacked onto the rest of the world's religions totally. and, and, and faiths, this and, is... Um, and building on the insider, um, uh, the insider exclusivity, right? And we saw that this was so drastically painful for the Judaizers or we should say uh, the law keepers in the book of Acts that they stoned Stephen over it. That's Stephen's right, yeah. basically saying, hey, look, all your insider stuff, it don't mm-hmm, work no more. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, they hated it. Now every single race, rank, and culture has access to Jesus or righteousness by faith, yeah, yeah, yeah. no longer by yeah. these works of the law. And they were like, nah, we're mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. You're you're making a mess for us. Yeah. And, and you're they, also saying I'm the same as him exactly. or there, that exactly. guy in the ditch. Sorry, I'm no, an insider. I'm, I'm not the same as him. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that did not go well for old Stephen. I don't mean Nacho Libre Stephen. I mean Bible es, Stephen. That, that's a Stephen. A Stephen. <laughs> Different. You look like a fool last night. <laughs> so so um so right standing with God because and only if you belong to Jesus. So Um, another way of saying that is you always have right standing with, this is God. God says, in other words, God says to us, you always have right standing with me because you belong to me, Mm -hmm. which if you translate that, it means you never have right standing with me because you're performing or obeying how I want you to. Mm. We already know that's not happening. So, um, I remember trying to inf- reinforce this with my kids at some stage of their life where I would, you know, when they were little and they were in bed and I was saying goodnight to them, I would give them, you know, the little lo- um, hugs and kisses and the, the nighttime routine. And one of the things I tried to work into the routine was asking them this question, does daddy love you? Because by the way, I read this somewhere. This is not, I did not invent <laughs> this. I haven't invented anything. It's, I read this somewhere and loved it. So I say to to the kids as they're slipping off to sleep and they're covered up and snuggled in, and I'll say, does daddy love you because you're beautiful, handsome, get good grades, you're good at soccer, you're mm-hmm. a good trumpet player, you're a good singer, you're good at whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the kid was trained to say, nope. And I would say, why? 
why does daddy love you? And then they would be trained to say back to me because I belong to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not sure they understood the, the, the genesis of that or mm-hmm. the meaning of mm-hmm. that, but I wanted to try to get in their bones really yeah. early that you are loved because you're performing well yeah. or, or daddy accepts you and shows affection to you and wants to be around you because you have a talent mm-hmm. or you're quote unquote a successful yeah. child or you're, you're performing effectively or you're making me happy with your performance, which also means there's no shame allowed in the house where I get to say to kids at, at any point ever get out of my sight right? Yeah. or your behavior totally. so bad. I don't want to see you mm-hmm. right because then I am burning into their hearts that their righteousness, their right standing with me was, is based on how well they obey yeah. and perform, yeah. which, which is a massive, massive undermining of the gospel. You should probably still make your bed, though, and clean your room. Otherwise, mom is going to. That's totally different. <laughs> That's totally, mom operates on her own religion, <laughs> the religion of rightness, right? Do it right. Yeah. yeah. Stop making headaches for me. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, um, so really you could think of it this way. My main manhood message regarding righteousness is that the righteousness of God, the righteousness that God accepts is Jesus's righteousness. This is why it's so important. And we're not getting, this is theological, but I also think it's practical, right? Yes. So to my kids, I'm not asking you to embrace a religion. I'm not asking you to embrace you belong to God if you are good. And if you follow the rules and if you don't, you should be guilty and you should be afraid of the consequences and full of shame if you're failing. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, I'm trying to mention and model there what it looks like to embrace a joy-filled relationship with Jesus. I'm obeying from my acceptance of uh, with God, not for it. Right? Yeah, what a distinction. Totally. And I belong to God. I'm not behaving for God, right? Yeah. And if you can hand that off to your kids, that you are you are behaving and submitting to my leadership and you're obeying me from belonging mm-hmm. to me not for yeah. to belong to yeah, me yeah, or yeah. from acceptance of mine not not for acceptance of me and that That's also right. means that translates to our affection is theirs whether they're behaving or misbehaving yeah i'm not withdrawing my emotional intimacy my emotional connection and affection just based on their bad yeah. performance yeah what a beautiful parallel in terms of the way that god deals with us exactly and use us oh my and, goodness and his, incredible thank god for that it is countercultural. much of who we believe we are as men is justified really because of what we've earned right oh man yeah that that's that's what that's what uh is so common right it's what you what you can do what you can provide um the things that you have the the material that you um that you sort of put together and Oh my goodness! That that is essentially how the the culture judges your success or your failure as a man. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. A, so you're swimming. All these young men, um, they're swimming upstream, man. I mean, it's or or you could even put it this way: it's like a free fall, and they're and they're trying to fly their way up, mm-hmm. right? Because of the gravity of that, proving yourself through what you've how you've performed and what you've achieved is so countercultural. Yeah. Don't you think it takes a, a total almost like a retraining of the brain? Well, I would say yes, and it's got to start early with my parents yeah, and be, in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everything is designed even school, right? Yeah. You, you know, the way that we're graded and the way that we're praised by yeah. teachers and professors, it's all based on performance. 
Well, your whole, so, whole socioeconomic status and standing in the world too is not, you know, you're, you're gonna, you have what you earn. Yep. You don't have what you haven't earned and perhaps don't even deserve it if you're, unless you're on the equity train. Yeah. But, and yet somehow this kind of, this kind of right standing is just unearnable. Right. Yeah. It literally is the righteousness of Jesus based on our faith, right? We're joined to Jesus and that righteousness that's his is imputed to us as the word theologically. Mm, yeah. I love that. It's pressed into our identity from Jesus. So I like this little kid's illustration too. My wife uses it in kids ministry when she's teaching all the time, which is that when you put your faith in Jesus, he takes your rap sheet and gives you his resume. Mm. Or the kids understand it better this way. He gives you his report card, which is, you know, flawless. And he takes your rap sheet. Yeah. Or he takes your discipline list. And um, that's, so you have, you are now clothed in his righteousness, right? Yep. So there is significance to righteousness in God's eyes that is easy for us to miss. And I just wanted to mention this too, that Jesus is teaching on righteousness. And he says, then the righteous in the future, they will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So why does Paul later in the New Testament tell young men to pursue righteousness? It's kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says you, be, you, you pursue righteousness because of what's at stake. And what's at stake is eternal separation and, and, and man, I hate this word, like eternal punishment mm. is at stake. Mm-hmm. If you're resting and relying on your own flawed righteousness, right? Your work, your performance, your, you do good at church, you do good at home, you do good at the office, you do good at whatever your, your expectations are. Um, and you're trusting that righteousness. This is what Jesus, this is how Jesus teaches it. He says, this is in uh, Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish every, of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up to the shore, sat down, and they sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you, and then Jesus says, do you understand all these things? Mm. The righteous will be separated. Uh, the, the righteous will be separated from the wicked. The wicked will. Now, this is what's important. Is the righteous the most obedient rule following people? No, Jesus, Paul is teaching that the righteousness that God is going to be receiving us with is only the righteousness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the performance that he's looking for is faith. The work, Jesus, I say this all the time. Jesus says to his disciples, the only work I give you is to believe. Believe it, yeah. Have saving faith in my righteousness uh, is what God is going to be. At the end, when he's separating these fish, he's like righteousness, righteousness meaning the righteousness of Jesus not the righteousness of a human being trying to act right and perform well. And so I think that's that's freeing to our kids, right? If we're talking about being a father in, in our manhood role mm-hmm. as a father, that does set our kids free if, if um, we help them, if we model it and we're, we maintain in our homes and in our relationship with them, really that their, that their righteousness is, it's just not good enough without faith in Jesus. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. So that's there's such good news. It, it you know, should I don't, be. I, it's hard to, it can be hard to fathom how that could be turned into bad news, you know? And, oh, totally. and I think it's when, it's when the emphasis is put on the wrong syllable. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Right. The emphasis becomes what you do and your, uh, you, you know, your faithful church attendance and, and my none, goodness. And of course, none of that, you know, this is so important to say, right? 
as a good manhood dad, you don't de-emphasize that. Mm, of course. It just becomes an outcome. It's the it's the fruit of belonging to Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's again, we go back to you're not obeying and, and for his acceptance, you're obeying from it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not at stake when you fail. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, well, we're hopeful that that bit of manhood on the discipling as a as a dad is helpful, uh, insightful. That's been very helpful in my approach to thinking of my family and and so on. Um, you know, we're going to close each segment, John, with a "What are you working on?" question. What are you making, building, renewing, restoring? And this is going to be your segment, so uh, I'll make sure that. Um, I never ever report to anybody on this podcast what I'm making. Oh my goodness! Or what I'm restoring. Yeah. Or what I'm, and the reason is because there isn't one. There isn't anything. That's but that you can't are. Be true. Yeah, it is basically. <laughs> can't be true. Uh, the only thing I'm restoring is yesterday's uh, dinner, in in the form of a leftover, <laughs> I'm restoring it to, to a proper eating condition. So, what are you? Is there anything you're building, renewing something, something that you're? Um, making these days you'd tell us about dude um, I'm making pizza oh yeah I'm making a lot of pizza <laughs> because I've, I've I've you know the the church family if you don't know the the story of the church family was super gracious and kind and got me a little anniversary gift of a wood-fired pizza oven and uh, I'm a I'm a major foodie if you know me at all and I've got to, I've got this like obsession now to create the perfect recipe because not all pizza doughs will work in this oven Let's because go. it's, come on, it's Let's not, go. It, it gets up to 900 degrees. You can't just put the same right. dough that you would put in a home oven sure. right into this thing. It's got to have a different hydration rate. And so I'm, I am, uh, I'm pursuing righteousness, but I'm also pursuing pizza at simultaneously the moment, at the Simultaneously. At the same time. That's and I why, don't even see how they're separated. That's why you're the co-host on this. Do you know how many people were candidates to co-host? <laughs> and I was like, are any of you able to dehydrate dough, pizza dough, and at the same time? See, you already got it wrong. You don't dehydrate it. You hydrate it to a different level. Are you ready yeah. to hide? Are you currently at the Thank simultaneously you. hydrating Thank at the you. same level? Thanks for getting that right. Yeah. It's exciting, though. I, I, I look forward to... Obviously, I, I enjoy it, but there's something about feeding it to other people, <laughs> oh, man. you know, that that really gets me going. And I don't know. I just I, I well, love listen, it. The community it builds and oh, your man. house is on the way home from the office for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I realize that that has become clear to me now. It did. It wasn't as clear to me when you were renovating your home. Mm. Yeah, I didn't see you actually when yeah. that was going on. Yeah, I'm not very useful. Mm. On the other hand, I'm very useful in helping provide some um, taste test feedback. <laughs> Very helpful. Uh, but that's it. We're uh, looking forward to that, man. You you are uh, you are the king of uh, king of the oven in my in my mind. Can't wait to give it a try. We're glad um, glad you're with us, and uh, hope hope you guys who are listening to this are are doing well. And um, we very much appreciate you listening to our podcast, Maturing in Manhood. Thanks, everyone. So long.